Is that that guy Robert again? Listen, concession stand girl. Why don't you give me your number? Okay, I'm mailing a bat with Susanna Fogel, and she is the director of Cat Person. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I got to tell you, after watching this movie, I am so glad I don't date anymore. <laughs> People say that, yeah. The story, too. Um, so talk about that aspect of it. Um, you know, it's really empowering for women, but by the same token, he does get in a couple of punches, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, to me, it was really an opportunity to make a movie about the complexity of dating, dating in the modern world, but dating in general. Um, I think we've had a lot of movies that are a little bit more extreme one way or another, whether they're like the great love stories we always grew up with or the, the meet cutes romantic comedies, which this definitely is not, but it kind of like primed us to, you know, have an expectation that our own love stories could go that way in life. And then there are the stories about, you know, that have come up in particular in the last five, 10 years about like assaults and, you know, crime and violence against women and all of that that's been in the culture too. And this, I love that it occupies like a middle space, which is just uncomfortable to, to dwell in that ambiguity, but I think it's what gives it its resonance. And so I'm hoping people watch it and say, oh my God, that happened to me or that thing he said, a guy said that once or, you know, a girl did that or, or I identify with him in this moment and her in that moment, like all of that was, I wanted to open the door for people to think all of those things. So when you were directing, does that sort of bring you back to your own dating horror stories in a way? By the time I'm doing it, I've actually been planning it for so long that I'm like a little bit of just a robot executing a thing I planned already. But yes, I mean, with the actors in particular, you know, there's so much subtext to everything they say and do that a lot of the conversations, they get personal really quickly. Um, they're like, you know, like you'll have a shorthand with people the minute you meet them about this story, people instantly start divulging their, their personal stories because how can you not? It's what else are you going to talk about except something that happened to you or a friend or, you know, your partner or whatever it is. So you get really personal with people. So the whole shoot, you just, we, it, we felt really close because we're all talking about all these things all the time. And you just feel like you're with friends by like day three, you know? Yeah. So of course your stars are Nicholas Braun and Amelia Jones, who's in CODA. Nicholas was in that little show Succession. So was it like a meteoric rise before for both of them that you got them? You know, Amelia had been in CODA, but CODA had not had its its Academy Award run. Um, it's crazy, crazy success. So, but I saw the movie and I thought, okay, this girl's about to be a huge star. This movie's going to be a big deal. Like, this is the moment. But also I thought, you know, I always think about actors in terms of like, what roles are they not getting? And I know having been in Hollywood for so long that if you do something well, people will just try to get you to keep doing it over and over and over. And with Amelia, I felt like, this girl is playing a sweet teenager. People are probably not sending her stuff like this. It might actually be something she wants to do. Like I can totally see her doing it. She's got the presence and the maturity and the depth for it and the humor. And she's got all of the ingredients that make Margot. But also I would highly doubt that she's getting a lot of offers that would push her in this way. And finally, um, finally, somebody who looks like a college sophomore. 
right? I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I know it's very young, you know, um, it's young. And, and Amelia also has that ability, which she showed in Coda of just, she can play a real person, you know, she's a beautiful actress, but she can transform into someone who you can project yourself onto as the every girl, um, in a way that's, that's really, you know, necessary for this particular story. You don't want to be aware of someone's fame or their kind of otherworldly actressness when you're watching a movie like this. You just want to believe that she could be in a Midwestern college dating, you know, dating a guy at the theater. Um, and with Nick, you know, he'd obviously been on the show and and had a profile, but it was before just sort of the huge uptick in Emmy stuff and publicity and suddenly, you know, him being this eligible bachelor and all of that, like that came later. He's so tall. I think he's like eight feet tall. He's six and foot seven. It's very tall because Amelia's not short. He's just so tall. Yeah. So when you were choreographing those fight scenes, talk about that. Talk about sort of those nuances. Uh, well, Tracy Ruggiero, who was my uh, stunt coordinator, is incredible. She did a great job. She did an incredible job. And, you know, we designed a fight sequence that these two people could do that also felt kind of handmade in the sense that the characters would, the characters could do all the things that they're like doing on in the movie. They're not doing feats of strength that are beyond. Obviously it's a movie, it's heightened, it's whatever, there's violence that wouldn't happen in a normal situation. But the idea was just for this to feel real, you know, neither of them suddenly becomes, you know, we didn't want to pull anybody out of the reality of it. So even if they're fighting for their lives in a way, we wanted it to feel grounded and in, in, in real and not heightened. Um, but yeah, Tracy was incredible. I mean, she had a lot of ideas of how to do that. We wanted to use the, the props and the environment of Robert's world to create that. Um, so we, we choreographed in the house a lot. We spent a lot of time in his world trying to figure out how we could, how we could use those elements to create something really special. Yeah. Cause when you're watching it, you think somebody got clocked. <laughs> you know this yeah. somebody had to have gotten clocked we had an incredible we had great stunt doubles too I mean we had people doing all of the things we had really impeccable switch outs with people who were professional stunt stunt people so yeah so it nobody was, really was harmed in the making of this movie nobody was harmed and it was it was really fun I mean it was a really incredible experience making making the movie and that I love doing fight scenes and fight choreography and stunts and whatever so that was really fun as well. Yeah. You love to make action movies. I love that. I do. I do. I do. I love watching them. I love making them. Yep. So where does that come from? You think that, that attraction? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I'm like a <laughs> Northeast, like Jewish nerd. Like, I don't know why, but I love it. So you're a writer, producer, and a director, all three of those disciplines. So what's your favorite how do you sort of, you know, do all three? Talk about that. You know, I I can't pick a favorite because I each project is so different in terms of what it needs. Um, like, do I love producing independent films where, you know, we don't have enough money and everything's stressful because the constraints of it? Like, that's not the most enjoyable part of the job, but it's necessary to tell the story. Um, I think when I'm on set directing something that, I feel really connected to. That's a really incredible experience. Writing is a solitary process. I also really love it. Um, and I love 
I obviously love directing what I write too, even though I didn't write that person. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's something really thrilling about being on set. It's also like an overstimulating amount of engagement with other people. You're always talking and people are always asking you questions and you can't walk 10 feet without having to like be on and be like authoritative. So that's, that can be very exhausting, even though I am an extrovert. Um, but then writing can be really isolating because it's just you and your pajamas sitting there with a screen ideating about things. So I, I think going back and forth between the two is, is, is going to be necessary for me. I, I don't think I could do just one. And also I would imagine that when you're directing, you have the writing and the producing in the back of your head. Like you must be thinking, oh, this scene could be a little different, right? Then we can yeah, change yeah. that around. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I I mean, different projects require different things. Like a lot of the TV that I've directed, the writer is the writer on a TV set is the boss. They're my boss. And I wouldn't, you know, I can pitch ideas for like adjusting something that doesn't feel right, but I'm not in a position to rewrite anything. Um and I and and as a writer whose work is sometimes directed by other people, I take the writer's role really seriously and I wouldn't presume to like do that. At the same time, I do feel like it's a skill I have. So if somebody needs help or support or like wants to talk through shaping a script, you know, and making changes to it, I feel like equipped to do that too. But I try to be respectful of like the role that each person is meant to play in each project with the caveat that I think everybody wants to make this best thing they can. So, you know. So obviously this is a fun, fun film, but it has a lot of messaging. So what would you like audiences to come away with after seeing it? Um, I think I want people to come away with a desire to keep talking about these issues and these gray areas and in, in relationships and dating and encounters with each other. Um, I, I think like the story, it doesn't have anyone. I want people to sit with the discomfort of no wrapped up clear answer there. I think the point is that most encounters are unsatisfyingly unresolved. Most <laughs> encounters end with an ellipsis and not a period. And I think that's okay. And that's inevitable. So we should just always, we can, we can process those things in our own lives. If we watch this movie, if we watch this movie and it can help us do that, then that's a good thing, you know? So do you agree that in a way it's a cautionary tale? I think there are aspects of it that are, yeah. I think, I think so much of what happens is so relatable that people are not going to be able to not do many of the things in the movie. Um, but I also think it it is a it's I hope that it's a tale that encourages people to just really reflect on what they want and communicate that authentically. And also the perils of just like projecting and putting yourself in a situation where you're compromised before you really know the person you're engaging with can lead to a lot of drama, you know, which is true. Oh, yeah. So what's your next project? I just finished editing a movie that Amelia Jones is also in. Oh yeah. Um, it's uh it's called Winner. It's a it's a comedic, well, it's a it's a character-driven dramedy that tells the origin story of reality winner, the whistleblower. Um so Amelia plays reality and and Connie Britton and Zach Galifianakis play her parents. And it's just a what story. A great of, cast. It's great. It's a girl from Texas played by Amelia who changed her whole body and worked out and did CrossFit to prepare. Um, a girl from Texas who grew up, you know, in a small town wanting to help people and help refugees and join the Air Force and 
is is just a really eclectic person who loves you know guns and dogs and trucks and you know she's that person but also she's she's a person who like went on to blow the whistle on election interference and then ended up in jail and it's a whole drama but it really starts with like connecting to her as a as a young woman so that's what the story's about and hopefully that'll come out at some point next year sounds great i look forward to seeing that one coming back for that one yeah for sure i'll see i'll see you during that one when we're doing this again Sounds good. Susanna Fogel, thank you so much for joining me, cat person. Thank you. Thanks so much, Robin. Okay, bye-bye. Make peace with a little discomfort. Always new. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always milling about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. Are you looking to grow your business and stay resilient? Look no further than FM Global for your commercial property insurance and risk management needs. With more than 180 years of scientific research and data at our disposal, we'll work with you to engineer solutions that help protect your business today so you can prosper tomorrow.